you take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Here we go. Welcome back to Movie Matrix. My name is Jordan. We got Matt. Kapow. We also got my dad. What's going on? Also known as David. So today we are doing some more trivia. Yes, we are. Um, and then we are going to go back to one of our basic episodes and we're doing recommending cautions of things we watch, TV or movie. And we're going to recommend um, recaution or caution, depending. And then we'll try to tell you where they are um, if you want to watch them. So to start out today, we're doing trivia, like I said. And it's. David, you got some trivia today. Going back to the basics of some horror trivia. Mm, Very interesting. Very interesting. And that's the thing. Even with horror trivia, it can be... I mean, there's so many different genres and subgenres and spanning over a multitude of decades. I mean, we could go for hours. We're not going to, but we could. Let's do. Let's do it. Hours. Let's do it. Hours. All right. You guys ready for the first one? We're not just ready. We're ready, Freddy. You want to... Let's try out our buzzers. You want to test your buzzers? (laughs) Your buzzer work? Okay. Okay. One's good. Baca. There we go. Who's keeping score? You guys got the scores? Our, yeah. I'll All try right. to remember to keep my own score. All yeah. right. I think we're, we've got like 13 or 17 or something. I don't know. Maybe. 13 or 17. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. It's one or the other. I, I don't know. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Sure thing. Let's go. What was almost the title of the Friday the 13th movies? Baca. Camp Crystal Lake? Nope. <laughs> well, I'd like if you answer and you get it wrong, you get a negative. I don't like that. <laughs> um, I would never answer then. <laughs> is it, um, I think I, I think I know this. Oh, it, I know it now that I guessed wrong. Um, it's like Sleepaway Massacre or something like that. Can I, no. Can I guess again and get half a point? Sure, why not? Is it Camp Blood? Yes. Well, kind of. It's Night at Camp Blood. Night at Camp so, Blood. Eh. Okay. After I said just the name of the camp, I thought, no, I think it's like Camp Death or Camp Blood, and then Camp Blood came to me. We'll give you a quarter point. How's that? Point two five. I'll yes. put that in my total. All right. How many people died in the Babadook? Bacaw. Zero. I mean, unless you count the father. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, zero's right. Okay. All right. You should count the dad in that flashback. <laughs> How did they shoot the creepy walk of Samara in the ring? Oh, backwards. Yes. Okay. I was sitting she, here going, how did they sh- I guess in she reverse? She walked backwards. <laughs> she walked backwards. Okay. Okay. How many people associated with the exorcist died during production? Because I'm going to say three. No. Four. No. Hmm. Nine. Wow. Dang. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. I, for, I, 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 didn't, I knew there was a couple of people that died. I didn't know it was, I was nine people. I was surprised. So before the release of the film, two actors died, along with seven other people associated with the cast and crew members. Eerily, when the set burned down, the only room left standing was Reagan's. I have heard that. Oh. That's freaking creepy. <laughs> I mean, like, when you actually think about it, that's kind of horrifying. Yeah, just a little bit. Nine people. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next, which horror film actress slept in bloody clothes for three days to nail the look of a gory scene? Oh. Slept in bloody clothes. Oh, which actress? Oh. I don't know her name. I'm not going to say it. Just give it to him. I, I, I know about her name. 
I, I think I know what I say. <laughs> you were confident, then you were not well, confident, then you were confident. Yeah, I thought you meant movie. What actress slept in bloody clothes for three days to nail a particular scene? Yes. Try not to burp into the mic. I apologize. Um, we appreciate it. I don't know. I guess I haven't heard that. I, maybe I have, but I feel like there's a lot of actresses that would do that. I don't know. Jordan, you can take a guess. I mean, I don't know the person's name. What's the is name it, is it from Carrie? Yes. Yeah, I don't know her name. Sissy oh, Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Can't think yeah. of her name. I knew, I knew what it was, but I couldn't think I of her name. I didn't know it was Sissy Spacek. That's wild. Says it said that she slept in the clothes to ensure continuity while filming a certain scene. Uh, and see, that's, I mean, good on her because a lot of people don't, don't particularly care for continuity. <laughs> <laughs> How long did the Blair Witch Project take to film? Oh. Yes. Three weeks. No. Picard, nine days. Very close. Eight days. Eight days. Yes. After I said it, I was like, that's too much. <laughs> like, very, too very close. Uh, I thought it was in the single digits, actually. This one's just kind of fun. Uh, there's probably a bunch of answers, but I'm looking for one specific. You ready? Oh, great. What's the most common thing to do in a horror movie? Oh. Well, I mean, what's the most difficult thing to do? Oh, well. Sorry. sorry. What's the most difficult thing to do in a horror movie? The most difficult thing to do in a horror film. Yes. In what context? What does that mean? What's the most difficult thing to do in a horror film? Like I said, this is just for fun. It's just not a... Um, but it is a very specific answer. The most difficult thing to do is use your brain. <laughs> I don't think that's the answer. That is true. <coughs> hmm. um, you see this over and over and over again in many, many horror movies. I don't know. Not Scr- read from scream. the book of the dead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. No, the most difficult thing to do is to run and not trip. That's it. Is it really? It is. He doesn't get it though. That is it. Fourteen different answers. <laughs> That's it. Run without tripping. It's in every movie. Mm. That's true. It kind of came to me afterwards. How much screen time does Freddy Krueger get in the first Nightmare on Elm Street? Mm. This is gonna this be is very a tough specific. one. Yes. I haven't seen the first one. I'm gonna say eleven minutes. No. Let's see. That's how many that's how much screen time Darth Vader has. Does he have more screen time than Darth Vader? I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Nine minutes. Seven minutes. I knew it had to be low, lower yeah, than yeah. Darth Vader. I was thinking the same thing when and you I'm said going, I couldn't get eleven yeah. minutes out of my and I'm head. just going. Are you serious? I almost said eleven minutes. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah so that's that's just it's crazy. crazy. You know, it just goes to show like what a great character, what what an impact a great character character can have. Yeah, you don't have to have him in every single shot. Kind of like the first Alien. It's kind of like less yeah. less is more. Same with Darth. It. Same concept with Darth Vader. I mean, yeah, like, except for like the like six million, like it's all Darth. Then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but okay, this one you guys should get. To this date, what is the highest-grossing Stephen King film adaptation? <laughs> yep, The Shining. No, because mm. is it it? Yep. Oh, I forgot the he remake did that. of it. Yeah, I was thinking. I wouldn't think of the new it. This one might be a little tougher. What's the name of the demon in The Exorcist? Oh man. Um. Ah. Uh. I thought about rewatching The Exorcist the other day. It was on TCM. Oh, Gilgamesh. <laughs> Gilgamesh. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the demon's name. 
Um, I don't even have a guess at this point. I, like once you say it, I'll go. Oh yeah, that bloke. But I don't remember. Go ahead and tell me. Pazuzu. Pazuzu. I knew it was sort of a B. I think I already. No, got it's Pazuzu. P. Sorry. Puzz. Pazuzu. Pazuzu. Yes. Okay, I was thinking P then. This is Pazuzu. <laughs> I was thinking is, B or P. <laughs> Pazuzu is a Babylonian demon and was known as the king of the demons of the wind. Little, nice. Little education. There for you. Thank you for educating us on demons. There you go. Early on a Saturday morning. Yes. I want to name on your son Very Pazuzu. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's true. You are having a son. Yeah. But if you don't talk your wife into naming him Pazuzu, yeah. <laughs> First, you're failing as a father. Babadook. First time his yeah. head spins around, man, I'm out. Come here, little Babadook. <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street takes place where they want the the uh, city and state. Oh, I was like Elm, Elm Street. Street? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. City and state. The city. <coughs> I'm gonna guess a city because I'm gonna say like Detroit. No, actually, the city is fictional. Oh, it's uh, good. <laughs> Springwood, Ohio. Oh, I rewatched the first three or four Nightmare on Elm Streets a year or two ago. Well, there's and I remember a, thinking like, why is it in Ohio? <laughs> there's a little trivia you guys can take with you. How many movies in the Friday the 13th franchise were released in the 80s? Mm. I have no clue, actually. Bacaw, eight? Yes. Good answer. Thank you. I had to think about it. I was like, Jason Goes to Hell is in like 90 or 91. God, that movie sucks. Anyway. This I did not know, so this was education for me also. E.T. was originally conceived as a horror movie. What was the original title? I would watch the crap out of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was the original title mm-hmm. of an E.C. of, a, of an E.C. an E.T. horror film? Um, Jordan, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's I'll just it. called E.T. I don't know. Um, E.T. Extra Terror. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Um, E.T. I want Maurice's pieces. <laughs> I'll I, take it, though. I don't even have a guess. I'm interested to hear this title, though, but I don't have a guess. I believe it, it was eventually a Spielberg TV series. Does that help you? A Spielberg TV series? I think it's called that. No, maybe not. <laughs> it's Night Skies. Night Skies. Okay. Yeah. Originally, this movie was supposed to be a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Wow. But then, I didn't know that. Yeah. But then uh, he uh, had second <laughs> thoughts and went the other way. He said he's like, I know who Yoda is. <coughs> Whatever. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's I didn't wild. either. It's the first time I ever heard yeah, that. Yeah, he's buddies with Yoda instead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I want to see a horror movie with <laughs> E.T. and Yoda just going around just murdering people. I think the TV series was Falling Skies. Yeah. yeah Falling is. Skies, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sometimes dead is better. Which horror movie is this famous quote from? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I'm... <sighs> Yes. Evil Dead? No. Gosh, I don't know why I thought I saw Bruce Campbell saying that. I was going to guess. I literally <laughs> just watched all the Evil Dead movies like a month ago. I'm sitting here going, that's not right, but I feel like it's right. That's right. I'll give you a hit here in a second. Can you go ahead and say the hint so I can guess? No. Sometimes <laughs> death's better. Oh, my goodness. I can hear the oh, line being oh, said. Oh, is it Pet Cemetery? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> I was thinking about the stupid kid coming back. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I was going to say, it's a Stephen King <laughs> Adaptation. I don't know if that would have helped, actually. <laughs> Here's an easy one for you guys. Ready? Mm-hmm. What's the real name of the original killer in the Saw series and j- as Jigsaw? The real name of the original killer? Who is he? Bacaw. John Kramer? Yep. 
Oh, I was I thinking Jigsaw. <laughs> Making it easy. Off, His yeah. first name Jig, last name Saw. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of Danny's imaginary friend in The Shining? Um. Oh gosh, I'm blanking. Um. Bacaw, Tony. Yes. I was thinking Bobby. Everyone right though. <laughs> like it's a weird <laughs> Italian name. Yeah, I was like it's something with a Y, but I couldn't think. I of it. I was thinking Randy for some. I reason. thought Bobby, and it wasn't right though. I think, okay. that's, I think that's the thing in, um, paranormal. One of those have. Has a the little finger? No, <laughs> no. But like in Paranormal Activity, she has a imaginary from the third one, like that. It's like oh, Bobby yeah. or something. Tony wouldn't like that. Red rum, red rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's a good um, little actor. Yeah, he is. I don't think he's done anything since. No, the it's. Shining. I was reading on this this thing. It said that uh, they filmed that when he was five, mm-hmm. and then he quit acting at thirteen. Nice. So probably really hadn't had to work since then. I mean, I mean, well, uh, who knows? <laughs> we are on the very last question. This is the last one. Okay. Are you happy? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we can do some. Yeah, you, know, you got more. We'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Which film is credited as creating the genre of found footage horror movies? Oh. Mm. See, here's the thing. <laughs> I think there's. I think I'm wrong. Mm. I think there's another one. I'm gonna say Blair Witch. No. Because I know that's not right. Right. I know there's not another one, and I don't know the name of it. So was there another one before Blair Witch? That's the question. See, I was thinking like Blair Witch was, uh, in my mind, that's like the granddaddy of found footage movies, you know. But yes, but, but I don't know the name of it. But not I, the I, original. I'll tell you in a second after you guess of what of how I know what it is. Not the OG. See, and it kind of fell off for a little bit, and then Paranormal Activity brought it back. So Blair Witch is not the OG. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what was. The original found footage before Blair Witch. I don't know. Just tell us. It's a it's a foreign film, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Oh. It's the um we we remade it. Seventies. Yeah. We I think America remade it, and it's that quarantine movie or whatever it is. No, it's the original of that one. I'm no. pretty sure it is. No. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. What is it then? Cannibal Holocaust. That's found oh, footage. Oh, that's true. I guess it is found footage. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of that other movie. Because yeah, it was thinking a fi- of Wreck. Yeah. Because yeah. it was yeah. Gil- and that it, one came out after Blair Witch. I think it was but. a film crew that went into to film these. Uh, tribal, hmm. and then it all went bad. That's <laughs> true. That's true. I've actually never seen Cannibal Holocaust. Mm-hmm. It's considered one of the worst. Me either. I didn't know as far as disgusting. I didn't know, know it was found yeah. footage. I just thought time. it was just gross. I yeah, didn't watch it, it. I, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it has a reputation for being a disgusting horror film, and you know they killed animals and stuff actually yeah. on set. And I knew that was so. going to be a little tougher, but you know, I knew. I knew once I said it, but I said it was wrong. I just didn't. I wouldn't know. have guessed Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust is a foreign film too. I believe it's Italian. Oh, that sounds about right. I could be wrong, but I think it is. You're probably right. Those Italians made some messed up stuff. They did. <laughs> dang, <laughs> dang Italians. Those dang Italians. They know how to eat, though. Am I right? Sure. <laughs> that was that was it for the for the trivia for this well, week. Well, was good. Thank you for bringing some today. I'm warning you. Uh, yes. That's awesome. Is this bad? Is this bad? No. Don't like that. Shut, shut your shut your mouth. So, who wants to recommend or not recommend some films or some TV shows or some something we've watched? Some yeah. other things. Um, I've been watching a lot of like non uh, movie type stuff. Yeah, me too. But nothing I'm going to talk about here because mainly it's mainly anime. So I'm oh. going to talk about. <laughs> it's like, what do you other, mean by non movies? Other stuff because then all the anime it doesn't really matter to anybody probably. So. <laughs> Had to get some so last night I went ahead and watched a. Um, 
new film that is just streaming. Um, I watched Air last night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, it went to Prime Video. It's pretty good. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to watch it, and so I did. Me and Emma did. Uh, my wife. And so um, I would definitely recommend this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really well made. Anytime Ben Affleck gets into a movie, it's usually pretty good. And him and Matt Damon co-wrote it. I'm pretty sure. It's just, and this, then it, they, they, I, they touched up the script of some other guy. I think this, the original script was like, I read up on it. The original script was like like part of the like most like unused scripts of whatever year or something, and they picked it up and kind of touched it up a little bit. I, think. I don't understand how people, well, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like Ben Affleck. I don't understand it. He makes good movies. Yeah. Right? I mean, he does. There's and look he's at his, good looking. Well, I don't, so. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you look at his filmography, and he's making, such good movies when he's directing and writing, and there's I mean, nothing wrong had, with it. Yeah, he's had hit after hit. <clears throat> but people, I've never seen Live by Night. But besides that, yeah, but people hate on him. I don't, you know, I don't get it. Yeah. So Ben Affleck did direct this one, um, and it stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis. You know, Michael Jordan. Not really. Right. Um, <laughs> he's not in this because I read why he wasn't in it. It's because he decided that. Michael Jordan was too big of a figure to be played by anybody else because he was too old to play himself. Right. So he just kind of had him off screen. He, you can hear his voice a couple of times in the film, but it's all about. And I think it works better that he's not in the movie. Yeah, it's all about um, Nike's basically on the on the last leg of their basketball division, and they need to sign a good player to a shoe, and they want to sign three or four different shoes. People on shoes, but they only have two hundred fifty k, and. Matt Damon is like this guru of basketball, and he wants to get Michael Jordan. So the whole premise of this movie is making Air Jordans, um, but it's well paced. It's it's, a, oh, it's like an hour fifty four. It doesn't feel it. Right. Jason Bateman's one of my favorite parts in this film. I think Matt Damon's great. Obviously, yeah. Matt Damon never really puts in a bad performance unless no. you don't like Elysium. Um, <laughs> it's not really his fault. It's one of his worst <laughs> movies of all time. I've like never statistically, seen statistically, like it's, it's one of really his worst n- movies. It's not, it's not that bad though. No, I've heard it's good yeah. though. It's weird. It's very um, weird. But yeah. he's always good. But Jason Bateman, I just like the way he talks and he like gives lines. Yeah, and he was really good in this. Ben Affleck when he was in, he wasn't in it that much because I don't think he wanted to be probably because directing is a. I would listen to their podcast, Smartless. Um, yeah. Jason Bateman and they had Ben Affleck on just talking about how hard it is to direct and star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd so imagine. yeah, I mean, and Chris Tucker's in it, and I liked him half the time. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He's he a really little wasn't. bit annoying. I, mean, um, I thought he was good, though, overall. I think that's just his character. Yeah, his yeah. character's a bit annoying, but I think he did really well. Viola Davis, you know, I'm not, I'm going to say, I'm not the huge, biggest fan of Viola Davis, but she always kills it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, always yeah. good. Even always. if you don't, like, love don't, her as no. an actress, she's a freaking awesome actress. She never puts she in a bad she performance. Really it's really good, and all that stuff was extremely true. I know that she pushed for the percentages of the shoes, and then at the very end, it tells you he makes $4 million a year off just the shoes, and it's yeah. like... It's just really well made, and honestly, I really liked some of the shots. Like whenever he's talking to Marlon Wayans, weirdly enough, Marlon Wayans like is in this, and he's just a straight, like cool dude. He's not trying to make any joke. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um. But talking to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And, talk, yeah. and but the way he shoots it, it's like in and out of focus, and kind of like going back and forth. It's just little things that I like because mm-hmm. you could have just deadpanned it. Yeah. And then cut like, like most people, but and he would have been fine. But, but he does this thing where it's like it goes into the emotion of the thing, and I don't know. I just really liked it, and um, of course. With this type of movie, you know the outcome, but yeah, it's a true. I mean, <laughs> but you know, we yeah. were sitting there. T- we were sitting there watching last night, also me and my wife. And y'all both watched this last night. Yes, it's wild because uh, this is the first time I heard it was on. Uh, came to Prime yesterday. Prime. Yeah. So they originally Amazon originally bought it and was going to have it a sh- be a straight to Prime movie, yeah. but they're like, let's release it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. But, but we uh, we were sitting there watching it, and as Chris Tucker's making that phone call to uh, Matt Damon, and you just feel you know the tension is right there. I looked at her and I said, 
we know the outcome is the, of this. Why is my stomach so crazy right now? Because of this <laughs> tension. It was it was like yeah. that. You you knew what the outcome was, but you you felt like they did such a good job of making it feel like he, it could go wrong, right. even though you know it's not going to. Right. I think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck on on screen together is just great. Oh yeah. They. I mean, they're, they're like growing up together. I mean, I I was on that podcast. Ben Affleck was talking about him and Matt Damon. Lily, where they had an apartment together, they would take. They've been living together forever, you oh, know, yeah. and they know each other. So when they're on screen together, the chemistry yeah. is great. And the, the, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is whenever, after he goes to see, I mean, I don't know if it's in sports movie, but um, after he goes to see Michael Jordan's family, whatever, he gets him in his office and starts railing him for it. Mm-hmm. Great scene goes back and forth. Like you can just tell that they've probably actually done that in real life. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been yeah. mad at each other, and of course, Jason Bateman just great too. It's a little, uh, they've all been friends forever, and Ben Affleck just knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen a bad movie that he has made. I think he is a yeah. good actor. I think he's almost might be a better director. Yeah, I think he's a better director than actor, oh, but he's a great actor too. He is. Yeah, I, yeah, I his, haven't seen him. Anything his comedic timing is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and in a lot of his movies, and this one they gave him a little bit of comedy. He was more serious though, and he still did a really good job. Yeah, he um after you get done with it, you get to see all these little things, and like he basically just takes those people from back in the day and puts them in the movie, like all the little things they give you at the end, like pictures. He did, uh-huh. he did everything. I just thought it was really good. What did you think of the? Uh, how they portrayed the the CEO of Nike, Philip, whatever his name was. Uh, by the end, I was kind of like, guy's kind of a douche. I don't yeah, he's kind of eccentric. <laughs> that's not for exactly. Sure. I liked the <laughs> agent. I kind of <laughs> liked the agent of this movie. I was just yeah, going to say, shout, was, out, he was shout out to funny. the guy who played Michael Jordan's agent. Yeah, that, that, rant, his that rant he went on, and then all of a sudden he's like, we'll be best friends if you <laughs> right. actually do it. Emma goes, that's the biggest emotional roller coaster I've ever seen. I'm like, well, it's, it's just, I'm pretty much being an agent. you got to be mean, but at the same time, you got to do what just your business, client man. wants. Just business. Yeah, so, yeah. He was fan. He almost stole. I mean, he did steal like every that scene. That scene was his. Yep. But like I said, I'd recommend this completely. I gave it. I can tell you what I gave it. I gave, I gave it an eight out of ten on IMDb. It has a seven point seven. It's one of the better ones that come out in a recent time, as far as like um, true stories and stuff. And it's kind of you know an underdog story, so it's, say, it's fun to watch. I would say honestly, I, I really enjoyed it too. I'll back you up on your recommend. Um, I know that's what you're looking for. You know, you're looking for us to back you up on your, <laughs> on your recommendations. <laughs> but um, sure, I would recommend it as well. I would honestly go as far as to say it's one of the best sports movies. That's ever been made. I mean, like, mm, there's I'll a lot of. I have to a more times yeah, I say that. But there's yeah. a lot there's of, a lot there's of, really a lot good, of ones. good sports movies, but there's not a lot of great sports movies. You know what I mean? There's a lot of mediocre, good, and then, but there's not a lot of great ones. Like, what's a great sports movie? Feel the Dreams. Okay, well, I don't agree there. Yeah. I like Hoosiers. I like. Hoosiers is fantastic. You know, it just Hoosiers p- is pretty good. I like Eight Men Out. I like Rudy. I like the Titans. The Titans is pretty good. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of great ones. I can go with 10 or 12, probably. Radio. Uh, what's his name? Uh, no. Lou Gehrig's story. Uh, oh, I, I mean, there's there's all kinds of movies that are out today. That's really a whole different good, episode we could yeah. we could do, but yeah. But like I said, full recommend. It's on Prime Video right now, so if you have Prime, um, it's free to watch. If not, I'm sure you can rent it on there for like four or five bucks. Probably as soon as it's out for streaming, it's usually renting for five to ten dollars instead of that twenty dollar crap they have now. Yeah, I was really surprised to see that it was on Amazon Prime. So that's well, fantastic. I got a thing that said, hey, you can watch fantastic. Air, and I was figured it was like, oh, that $20 rent like thing. <laughs> so I'm like, I would just wait, but then I was like, oh, yeah. it's free. Why not? Yeah, so, exactly. And also, I was I was laughing the whole thing. Not the whole thing, but when it was laughing. Yeah, when yeah, it was, it was time to laugh, they did it. When it was time, like the time when they were waiting for the call, you could just tell anguish and like mm-hmm. even Ben Affleck's running. He's like back and forth. He's like, "Do we get it? Do we get it?" <laughs> yeah. So, like it's really said, good. Like you said, they're back and forth between him and Damon, or just 
And Jason Bateman, they're fantastic. Great too. Yeah, he they is. all have great yes. chemistry. You pepper in Jason Bateman. I like. I just like the way he delivers lines. Mm-hmm. You know, that's his, how he is. He's good. He's, he's a really underrated actor, and yeah. especially his comedic timing and stuff is impeccable. He's also a really good director of Ozark. He's yeah. really, really good. He's a really talented. He was fantastic man. in Ozark. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah he is great. And he, exactly. he didn't direct the whole thing, but he directed a good amount of it. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, recommend Prime Video. Kaboom. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna scrap what I did have, and I'm actually gonna bring up another Ben Affleck movie that I watched a couple minutes ago. Um, have you guys ever seen Gone Baby Gone? Yeah. Yes. Love it. Okay, that's my recommend then. Yes. <laughs> I I had seen it Seriously. a few years. I had seen it a few years back, and um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, my my mom took my kids somewhere, so we didn't have kids. My wife and I didn't have kids for a couple nights, so um, I was like, hey, let's watch, you know, some dark crime dramas and stuff so that's what that's what we did we uh we watched gone baby gone and uh this is ben affleck's first film he directed um starring his baby brother casey um also starring the beautiful michelle monahan Mon- yeah monahan Monahan. Yeah. and um who else is it starring ed harris morgan freeman mm-hmm. a few other people it's got a great cast here yeah. and there. got a great cast um it's written very well um i love the the thing I commend this movie the most for, and this is what Ben Affleck, I watch interviews and stuff, this is what Ben Affleck set out to do. He wanted to make this feel like a real story in a real neighborhood. You know, he shoots just random people on the street and stuff, and he has, like, even one of the co- like one of the co-leads, like one of the trashy girls in this, was just some random woman that bumped into him on the street that he just thought was a, you know, was a f- perfect fit for this mm-hmm. role. <laughs> so basically, just a quick synopsis of the film, um, uh, Casey Affleck plays a private investigator. Him and his girlfriend, played by Michelle Monaghan, they're basically PIs, and they get hired by um, a couple whose niece has gone missing. And I think it's been three days, I think, at the point that they get hired to find this little girl. And, you know, of course, the police right away don't want to work with them because they're like, you know, we're doing everything we can. You guys don't need to... You guys don't need to get involved, yada, yada, yada. But by law, they're required to cooperate with him. Um, so, and Casey Affleck just kind of goes, he, he was born and raised in this specific neighborhood in Boston, so he knows everyone really well. He knows the area. Uh, he knows the people. Um, and he's in with he's in with a lot of cops. He's also in with a lot of criminals. Uh, so he kind of walks that walks that fine line being a, being a PI. Um, and for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, if you're listening, I'm not going to spoil it, but um, I love the way this story goes it takes you to one place and then it'll kind of cut off one story thread and then it will pick up something else and you'll kind of completely forget about the story thread that you were following because you're so wrapped up in this other thing but it all kind of comes together in a beautiful bow at the end great performances all around mm-hmm. um ben affleck fantastic job as a uh, as his directorial debut knocks it out of the freaking park this is probably yep. my i love the town and i love argo this is my favorite ben affleck movie um, even after seeing Air, this is still my favorite Ben Affleck movie. And mainly, and, and then after you well, after you witness this very entertaining, very interesting um, ride, this murder murder mystery, maybe not murder, you know what I mean. I'm not saying anybody dies, but I'm saying, you know, there's a show called The First 48, basically like <laughs> right. after somebody goes missing after 48 hours, they quit giving a crap <laughs> because <laughs> they're pretty much dead. Um, but anyway, it, it's it's a very uh, enthralling uh, mystery crime drama. And the ending of this film has one of the biggest like moral conundrums, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, a, a, character, so. a character makes a decision and... Uh, um, 
it's either right or wrong and there's two different sides to it and it really kind of pulls you in multiple directions and it's really worth discussing uh, after the film. Uh, but yeah, Gone Baby Gone is fantastic. It's streaming on HBO Max or what will be Max here pretty soon. Y'all see that? That's weird. Soon, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you just brought up Aaron. I was like, I watched Gone Baby Gone a couple nights ago. Let's talk about that. Both fantastic films. Check it out. All right, so... You gonna recommend The Town? I would, absolutely. <laughs> um... So I wanted to watch, we decided we wanted to watch a new movie last night, a newer movie. Uh, went with a comedy I wasn't sure about, so we'll discuss 80 for Brady. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, um, gosh, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Okay, so this one's what, Rita Moreno, uh, Lily Tomlin, uh, Jane Fonda, and Sally Fields are the main characters here. Uh a group of four women who have come together uh, to watch football every year, every every year for the last like sixteen years, something like that. They actually brought together by one of them that had cancer, and as she was going through her treatment, she saw Tom Brady in his rookie year on TV go in for the first time, and decided they love Tom Brady and the Patriots, and that's that was kind of the catalyst to to everything. Um, so this one year they decided that they needed to go to the Super Bowl. And this is when they played the Falcons. Of course that's the year they use it. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. <laughs> I mean, that's really their best Super Bowl win, I'd say. <laughs> so they decide they're going to go. Uh, of course, tickets are outrageous. So how are they going to go? You know, they're fixed incomes, that type of thing. Um, there's a contest from the, uh, somebody has a podcast for the Patriots. Uh, they decide they're going to enter the, the the thing. They recruit friends to enter for them, that type of thing. And uh, in the end, Lily Tomlin says, hey, I won the tickets. Let's go to the Super Bowl. So there's a little comedic stuff going on where they're trying to get to the Super Bowl and all this good stuff. Um, man, this movie's hard for me to... <laughs> it looked horrible. I, look, is, I, it, is I, it good? I can't... Re- I, this is, my this brother is, went to the theater and this watched is it. A and he rec- told me he goes, "It's so mediocre." <laughs> this is a recaution, definitely recaution. Okay, um, it has moments that's really funny, especially like when some of the women take uh, gummies with drugs in them at a party. Of course, that's pretty decent. There's got to be a scene. There's got <laughs> to be a scene where senior citizens <laughs> accidentally get high. Exactly, mm-hmm. where they meet. Well, Sally Fields enters a a contest. Uh, a wing eating contest, oh, hot yeah, wings with uh, Guy Fieri, and so nice. they end up they end up going. Of course, going. he's in it. <laughs> I'm gonna watch you just exactly. for Guy Fieri now. And so they end up going to this party where they get high, and it's 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 some of that's kind of funny. There's just not enough comedy in it that to really say to recommend this. Um, there's a lot of it that just doesn't hit. Uh, I'm not gonna even spoil it. It is a new newer movie. Um, you can tell it's it's of course it's based on a true story. Yeah. But I'm guessing the only part that's true about it is that she had cancer and they made it to the Super Bowl. That'd be my only guess because they take it in a way, way, way far out there. Yeah, uh, that's place. how they do. Yeah, so I'm guessing there's a lot of this that did not happen and could not have happened. Number number two, um, but overall, man, it's just like your like your brother said, very mediocre. <laughs> there are a couple things that actually made me laugh out loud, but it just wasn't enough to maintain the whole story. I feel you. Um, yeah. In the end, uh, they did end up, of course, in the movie, end up meeting. Tom Brady and, and yeah. Gronk, of course. Of course, Gronk's in um, it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta be stupid in it, probably. Uh, 
But the really funny parts were the guys who did the uh, the podcast. They were hilarious. I can't remember their names now. But they were they were very funny. They're clearly not important. Um, there. Yeah, <laughs> they were very funny. Uh, Pat McAfee, especially when they're at the uh, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> They've got their podcast going. And you know how bad the Super Bowl was to begin with. Was, you know, by the third quarter, it was 28 to 3, yeah. right? And they're just, you know, going it's the crazy. Favorite numbers. Yeah, it sucks. Sure it is. Um, but overall, I, mean, I just I can't really recommend it. This is a precaution. It's not horrible, but like it is definitely not very good. It's it, it has a target audience. Like so yeah. like, you know, I mean, older women, you know, I mean some I mean, I bet there's some guys who would enjoy this too, but I'm just saying, like you know, it has a target audience, and it, some people might enjoy it. Most people, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I said, it's it's just not. It doesn't hit on the cylinders. It just there's there's some funny parts, some not. It just yeah. doesn't really hit with me. I would never watch it again. So I would be cautioning it because it's not absolutely horrible. And there you go. I just strongly dislike Tom Brady, so it's like I don't want to watch so it's like, about Do him. I want to support <laughs> him? And did, you, did you rent this or is it streaming for free? It's somewhere? streaming on Paramount. It's been streaming for like months. Really? Yeah. It's been oh yeah, I get on Paramount Plus. Oh, well, I get on Paramount Plus quite a bit, and I was like, ah, maybe one of these days I keep yeah. seeing cocaine, but no, that's on Peacock. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. on there. So, um, cool. okay. So next, I'm gonna do a it's a four part mini series documentary that just came out on Disney Ooh. Plus. It's Ooh. Ed Sheeran, the sum of it all. Um, I didn't so, know this came out. Yeah, so it just came out a couple of days ago, and Emma's been wanting to watch it forever. And I love, I like Ed Sheeran quite a bit too. And so I was like, Yeah, your wife's a big Ed Sheeran. I mean, I do too. Yeah, yeah, we both like him a lot. We're supposed He's to. He's a talented guy. So the mathematics tour is coming to tennis is going to um, Tennessee in um, July, and we're supposed to go to it, but well, I've got pregnant. She's due around that time, so we can't go now. You had to get um, her pregnant. Yeah, she got she got pregnant, and now we can't go see Ed Sheeran. But that's what it was. You this, did that intentionally, right? You're like I'm going to yeah. save on concert tickets. Yeah, I, I did sell the tickets, so it worked out. Um, okay, so this was originally supposed to be about him writing Subtract, then his newest album that just came out. Well, it ended up being more about um, his life. So. Last February, um, he found out that his wife had a tumor, and, he, and then the next day, he found out that his best friend died, and the next day, he got sued for thinking out loud. That was a bad three days. So that was February of 2022, and basically, this is talking about loss to what it's like what it's like to be him, basically, um, and all the stuff he's going through, how he started, and where he is now. And what I like about it, it really the only 30 minutes a piece, so it's not like it's, it's oh, okay. so it's four. You said, it's you four, said four part four, miniseries. Yeah. I was thinking hour, hour and a no, half. No, it's still like 33 minutes. So about two hours long. Yeah, it's well edited, but basically you just talk he, he talk to his wife a lot and him, of course, and some of his friends, but his best friend came up with. he got married. He's got two kids now, but. Um, what are their names? They have ridiculous oh names. My God. It's Lyra they? and Jupiter. Jupiter. <laughs> nice. It's Jupiter. Okay, so it's Jupiter, Antarctica, Sheeran. <laughs> And I was like, it's like wow. Jupiter Sunbeam. Lyra Seaborn Sheeran. The reason her little name Seaborn is because his wife's last name was Seaborn. Okay. Oh, okay. That's the Antarctica. Couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> he loves that continent. But his best friend Jamal died um, last year, and he's Jamal kind of boosted him to become where he is. So Jamal has this SBTV. Never heard of it. It's a UK thing, I guess. Um, and what they did was they just rapped on it. Well, he ended up putting up You Don't Need... What's that song? You need me. I don't need you on it. Yeah, you um, need me. I don't need you. And it went great good. song. That and A Team. He put those on there. Went viral like overnight. Like went five hundred thousand to a million like in two days. Mm-hmm. And then he got signed pretty far, pretty close after. And so he became huge in like a week um, because SPTV. And then Jamal got big too. But and those are both great songs. Yeah. But then Ed Sheeran <laughs> got huge. And it, but it talks about where he came from. He was on the streets doing his thing. Would take any kind of money he could take. He would go. They even showed one. There was no mic. So he just 
just playing acapella right there yeah. in front of everyone. He said, everyone's got to be quiet. He's got good acoustics. Everyone be quiet. I'll play. And then it shows him to now where he's sold out Wembley Stadium. Yeah. He sold out like everything. And he made $500 Huge. million on Divide Tour. He made all this stuff. And he's like, but what's cool about it is it shows the human side of Ed Sheeran. So one of his friends even said he, he didn't become a-hole like other people do. Like he's really, he seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. He's like, he basically said that he'd been writing some track for 10 years. Um, and he'd been writing songs here and there. And then he finally came out with it. He, the Eyes Closed was, was originally a breakup song. After Jamal died, he rewrote it to be a song about his friend dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it just and you get to go into the background of him writing songs, and it, I'm telling you, he wrote "Bad Habits" in like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. They show him. He goes, "I had this idea." He's like, and he got his, him and his friend. He's like, put down a beat. And he's like, he's like, started playing this, and that guy goes, "How about you play Stranger sing here?" A bars for us, yeah, no, I'm good. And then he <laughs> said, "How about you sing Stranger here?" And he goes, "That sounds pretty good." All of a sudden, they have "Bad Habits." He wrote "Perfect." He said he met his wife, wrote "Perfect" in 30 minutes, emailed it to her. For real, after dating her. Well, I mean, oh my gosh. Yes. I had read an interview. What a charming guy. I'd read an interview here lately, and I don't want to take anything from you, because he's just recently got sued, and that just recently finished. I'd forgotten um, about that lawsuit. And uh, he talked about how you know he he can write seven eight songs a day, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. That's I crazy. mean, within within an hour he's got a song done. I mean, thirty minutes to an hour he's done with the song, and he writes seven eight eight songs a day. So many songs, yeah. such a, such a. He's a talented, catalog. man. It's ridiculous. He's like a genius. Watching, so his wife said he doesn't take a day off, especially since the tomb. Of course, she got her scans back, and she's doing good. Because she was pregnant at the time when they got it, so they couldn't do anything about it because she was pregnant. Yeah. Anyway, she said he doesn't take a day off. He's either shooting. He, he did 14 music videos back to back to back for the new one for Subtract. And then he said that she's like he's always writing. He said that he writes, like you said, seven, eight a day. I think he said four or five now, but, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. But, um. He said that most of the time, one out of my ten songs like that will make an album. He goes, I just like to write songs to myself. It's like therapy for me. And so he's like, and I write about my family. Cool. And all he's good stuff. at it. He's so very he... good at it. They show his very first appearance um, doing Subtract, and he just he like breaks down like starts like in front of people. And he, it's in um, Union Chapel, and he like just he starts doing acapella, like Amazing Grace. It's very, very good. Mm. But I would very, I would very much recommend this if you like Ed Sheeran. You want to know more about the special again, or the name of the docu series? T- to sum it all up. To sum it all up. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's, I, it's a sum of all. Sorry, because you know it's, it's mathematics store. Right. Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay. It's on Disney Plus. Um, for free at Disney Plus. I might check this out. You know, I I do Super love it. I do like Ed Sheeran as an artist. You know, he got so. sued for thinking out loud because Marvin Gaye's people said it sounded like Let's Get It On. It's like it's a couple of the so same chords, but I, come on. I will tell you this. Well, he, the chords doesn't matter. It's a chord progression. It's, it's the, it's really the the, the melody that matters. He literally went to the jury. He said, he, "I watched an interview. I, it's not in this it's on, on Howard Stern. Sorry, he said he went up to the jury, and brought a hundred and one songs. He played ten of them, the same chord progression, and showed them. He played Thinking Out Loud first, then he played the same chords with, with, with a different melody, and just played all ten songs. He goes, you can't. He goes, you cannot own a chord progression. No. Yeah. I he, he goes. We found music in seventeen hundreds that uses this chord mm-hmm. progression. That's crazy. Just because he's it's, like you it's can't. So popular. You can't. I mean, the Beatles yeah. Use it. It's, yeah. Can, yeah. You just there's four chords you can play almost every song. He, and he also explained that. But even the thing he said that it's not about the fact that they sued me. It's the fact that they are trying to defame me of a song that I wrote. That's one of my biggest songs. He yeah. also got he got sued again for something. That like, might be his biggest song. I don't know. She reviewed his biggest song. Actually, is it, it like, statistically? Statistically, Super is his biggest song. I can see that. I, I, that's what he said because Divide was also his biggest album. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thinking Out Loud was really a big song for him. So he he was like, it's it's more emotional than anything because I put all my heart and soul into this, and someone's trying to take it away from me. Yeah. they won. They won nine hundred thousand dollars in the yeah. end. So and I watched. I was saying, I watched it. Watched yeah. a guy on YouTube who is big in the music industry. 
he put the songs side by side together. He said, if you go through the through the verses, you're going to hear a similarity, different, definitely yeah. similarity. Once you get out of those verses, it's not the same song. It just isn't. Yeah. And you can't, you really, you can't sue somebody based on chord progressions because everybody uses the same chord progressions in order to make songs. Which I was like, the balls on him to go from the right. jury. I'm like, here's a hundred songs of the same thing. I'll play them for you. I was saying about, <laughs> he did. about seven or eight years ago, I, I watched <laughs> he a, could, man. I watched a video where uh, Ed Sheeran was doing an interview with somebody, and he was like, "I'll I'll bet you a hundred dollars I can play ten songs right now." Using the same four chords. Oh, I've watched that interview. And he too. did, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that just shows you. They'll just like, the, yeah. The, the interviewers would just pull a random song out. Uh-huh. He's like, ba ba da ba da ba, and he would just start playing it. He's I don't like, know yeah. why you go at him. He's a musical genius. Like after watching it, guy, but yeah. definitely watch it if you like him or don't know if you, if you don't like him. It's a really well done documentary. You, it sounds like even if you like music, I mean, yeah, it's well theme. done because it's not just about his music either. It's about him, so you get to right. know more about him and like behind the scenes his. His wife was like, he doesn't know how to, he, when we first got together, he didn't know how to do anything. He got famous so fast, he couldn't even wash his own clothes. Like, he was so young. That's crazy. <laughs> that I had to, like, he's, he's like, I had to, like, help him because he doesn't know how to do with loss and this kind of stuff. And so, it's pretty good, though. I have to admit. That's interesting. So, the sum out. of all. The sum of it all. It's called Ed Sheeran, colon, the sum of it all. The sum of it all on Disney+. Plus. That's interesting. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up, Jordan. That's very interesting. Um, I'm not gonna stick with that. I didn't watch a docu series, unfortunately. Um, I might check that out though. That sounds good. Um, have you guys ever seen the movie Shattered Glass? Yeah, I think I have. I just yes, I have, but I just don't remember it. I definitely, okay. I definitely have. So I watched it this last week, um, and I don't know why. I was kind of on an investigative journalism kind of kick. I watched. Um, all the president's men, and then I was like, "Let's watch this one." That's a good movie. Uh, it is very good, and I was like, "Ah, you know, that's that's regarded as like a fantastic film." So I'm not. <laughs> so I thought I'd recommend this um, lesser-known film. So Shattered Glass came out in 2003, and this stars, brace yourself, Hayden Christensen um, as a real-life uh, writer for a multitude of magazines. Yes, now I, rem- Glass. now I remember exactly what it is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it stars Hayden Christensen. Right away, I was like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that. This came out one year after Attack of the Clones. I'm like, I don't know. He's actually really good. It, sh- it just goes to show George Lucas didn't know what the F to do with him. He just, I mean, he's actually really good in this film. He is, he is like a, basically like a rock star in the world of magazine writers and stuff like he wrote for rolling stone his main job is he writes for a magazine called the new republic and uh, this takes place in 1998 i was a child did not know (laughs) this story even happened or anything um and and the new republic was the in-flight magazine for air force one so he they took great pride in that because people who mattered read their crap so they took great pride in it they they he basically lays it out how um you know whenever you write something for a magazine it has to go through so many different, so many different eyes look at it. So many different people fact check it and grammar check it and this and that. It goes through just an insane process. Um, and he plays a character, a real life character named Stephen Glass, who um, is a who's a pretty charming, pretty funny, likable guy who always tells entertaining stories. He's a great storyteller. Um, he's nice to people, but he also kind of has like an insecure side. He also kind of has like a manipulative side almost. Like he's one of those people that like, if somebody brings up something that he doesn't like slightly agree with, he'll be like, are you mad at me? Are, are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to upset you. You know, he's kind of like that. Just trying to like manipulate people and stuff. Um, and he does that throughout the film quite a bit. Uh, so he writes. So basically, the plot of this movie is um, it, it kicks off once he writes. He writes a couple of articles, and he writes one particular article, and um, 
and it becomes a huge hit. And then it cuts to Forbes, which had an online magazine at the time, which was a huge thing because nobody yeah. had online magazines back in 1998. Yeah. And uh, some guy brings an article to one of the writers at Forbes, played by the only Steve, well, the one and only Steve Zahn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hands him this article, and he's like, how did you miss this story? And he's like, I don't even know. I'll see what I can find. He starts pulling all this research, and he's like... I- nothing that's nothing that's listed in this article is is legit like i can't find anything about this like i can't find anything at all he, he mentions this 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 and this he's like the only thing i could find is that there is a state of the union called nevada you know <laughs> he basically says like there's you know that's the only thing i found in this article that's legit so so these guys reach out to the new republic and peter sarsgaard plays the editor of this magazine he is fantastic in this movie peter cool. sarsgaard's great Hayden Christensen is really good, surprisingly. It's got a great cast. It's got um, Peter Sarsgaard, Steve Zahn, uh, Rosario Dawson, Chloe Sevigny, Melanie Linsky. <clears throat> it's got a great cast. Um, but basically, the film is, when I say it out loud, it just sounds dull. <laughs> but basically, the film is about a real-life a real life writer who may or may not have fabricated a story. Yeah. That's pretty much it. But it's freaking riveting. He'd I be, kid you not. He'd be fine nowadays. I mean, really and truly, and that's the thing, like, you don't even think about it, but when you think about it with, like, today's goggles on, mm-hmm. it, it's no big deal with all the fake news and right. this and that and exactly. media and yada, yada, yada. It doesn't really mean anything, but back in the day, like, this was... It was huge. Yeah, this yeah. was a huge deal, and um, and, and it's it, it's crazy to uh, it's crazy to think about now, but, um, but yeah, it's very well written. Um, the screenplay's great. It's uh, really well acted. It's written and directed by a guy called Billy Ray. I keep wanting to say Cyrus, just Billy Ray. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't done a lot since then. Um, but it's a, I was surprised, like, it's riveting. And it's just about a guy may or may not have made up a story. You know, yep. that's pretty much I mean, if you don't know how the story really played out, I didn't really know how the story played out. So I was thoroughly entertained. Um, check it out. I think it's on Tubi for free. I watched it. Okay. Yeah, so. it's, it's a good story. It, it definitely is. Um, watch. I'm going a little older movies now because, oh, man, I was trying to find... I knew we were doing this podcast, and I hadn't watched many movies here lately, and I wanted to find something that I hadn't seen before, and uh, this was on, I don't even know what it was on, it might have been HBO, HBO or, Pro, or, uh, or Paramount, I can't remember which. Let's but, look, uh, why don't you tell me what it is? <laughs> Airport 77. What is that? <clears throat> now, during the 70s, they did all these disaster movies, you had, you know... Uh, Inferno, and uh, there was all kinds of disaster movies. This kind of fits into that category. There's three. There's at least three airport movies, okay? I think the first one came out in 70. Uh, airport 2 came out in 75. This is streaming on Netflix, actually. Is it Netflix? Okay, there you go. And then Airport 77, which came out in 77. Imagine that. Sure. Um, Wild, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, I wasn't going to watch this. I kind of watched the trailer for it. I was like, ah, it looks... Okay, I don't know if I'm gonna watch it or not, but then I saw who's what, who the cast is, and when I saw the cast, I was like, okay, I'm definitely gonna give it a try. Yeah, it's got a great. Because we're talking Jack Lemmon, Jimmy Stewart, uh, George Papard, uh, Christopher Lee, uh, Kathleen Quinlan, Joseph Cotton. Yeah, Joseph uh, Cotton, Darren McGavin. I mean, all these. You know, Darren McGavin by the he's the father in a Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But is he, is he de- yeah, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, he is. I think so. He looked dead in the Christmas story. Forty years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't gonna watch it, but then I saw the cast and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna give it a try. I love Jimmy Stewart, so I'll just of course he's an aging 
you know, Jimmy Stewart now. Uh, but, but actually, okay. So these disaster movies, something always happens. Plane takes off, something happens in air, and you know, there you are. Yeah. Well, this one is uh, Jimmy Stewart's this rich guy who's built this magnificent plane, uh, and he invites his friends. He's decided to change to to convert his, I guess it's his childhood home into a museum. And so it's got all these expensive uh, art pieces and, and just different things he's collected throughout the year. And so he's going to have a grand opening. And so he invites all these rich people, uh, critics, and all kinds of different people to this museum opening on a plane that he had built, which is, like, magnificent. I mean, it's not like your normal, you know, three seats a row type thing. It's completely wide open, bar, it's got a library, it's got... Uh, bedrooms. I mean, I don't know how you fit all this onto to a real plane, but somehow they did. Um, Those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> then he invited about fifty to maybe probably about fifty different people to to come to this museum, pick them up, live the life of luxury while they're in the air for how many hours are in the air, and then go to this opening. Well, obviously this is has been in the media, so people know about it. Somebody decides that. Uh, He's having a lot of artwork transport also, so they decide they're going to hijack it, steal the artwork, and take off and, you know, live a life of luxury. Of course. Um, so, they take off just fine. Jack Lemmon is the pilot. We'll go there. Um, I can see that. And he does a really great job. It's the same. Uh, I watched Mc- a Jack Lemmon movie the other day. It's not important. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. McGavin is the, kind of the, the guy who designed what's inside and knows all the, the specs and everything. So as they're in air, they put gas through the system and knock everybody out. It's like four different guys. Uh, and then they proceed to go below the radar so the plane disappears and take off in the opposite direction they're supposed to go. Uh, and then they proceed to get what other, whatever artwork they want ready to, to unload once they land. They have a specific island that is vacated. Nobody's there. They're going to land there. And then from there, go to wherever they decide Where to retire so, yes. um, so he goes below the radar what he didn't count on was as he's all of a sudden he comes up on on a oil rig didn't see, didn't know it was there didn't see it whatever that's how low this plane's supposed to be okay <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying um so he pulls up but he's he, he clips the the oil rig and at this point the plane is going down uh, they land in the water, of course, oh and it yeah. sinks. So now you've got 50 people trapped below the water surface in this supposedly airtight I'd hope so. thing. But nobody knows where they are because they switched course. And then it becomes a rescue mission. And if, you, if you've seen like the Poseidon Adventure, yeah. it's like that, but lower scale, of course. Right. Because different things are going to happen on board. Uh, different people are dying. Things are things are just happening. It's that type of disaster movie, kind of like Poseidon Adventure. Can and I ask you a question? Yes. Was this movie good? It wasn't bad, actually. I was very <laughs> it surprised. Wasn't bad. <laughs> I was I was surprised. Um, it's very seventy <clears throat> type yeah. of stuff they did in the seventies. Uh, the acting was fantastic. Just imagine that. Yeah, I mean, um, great actors in it. And actually, it really it was not bad. Uh, I guess I'd be cautioning because it is sold, and I'm not sure that it really translates now. Uh, but I kind of enjoy those '70s disaster movies. I love the Poseidon Adventure. Um, I do. I haven't seen it forever, though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would be cautioning just for that reason. Otherwise, it's actually a pretty good story. The acting is fantastic. Uh, 
by the end, they have to figure out how to raise the plane and keep as many people alive as they can. Uh, but you never know who's going to die. I mean, that's one thing I liked about it. Anybody, anybody and everybody could be dead by the end. I like that everyone's disposable. <coughs> yeah. That's my favorite kind and of that's, and that's kind of how it is. Uh, there were some people that surprised me that did not make it. And uh, overall, I was not I was not disappointed that I watched it. I'll put it that way. I was not it was, totally right. disappointed. It was, it was actually pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would be cautious for those reasons. But, yeah, it wasn't bad. I had a, I, had, I don't even know if I've heard of this film. And, I mean, like, I know, I'm very familiar the, with all these the actors. It's the third one. So now I have a question. Wild. <laughs> Is Gerard Butler's plane based on this movie? <laughs> no, okay. it can't be. Okay. I feel like okay. it might be. Because he like didn't is. land in the water, though. I don't know what plane's even about. I, I know it's about plane. a plane. It's They're making a, a new plane one called. Probably goes down. Make a next one that's called boat. I'm not kidding. That's right, yeah. I'm not kidding about that. He's not even. Bus. I don't think he's in it. But it's about a boat. Is he not in it? It's about the guy. It's about the guy he's with on a boat. Gotcha. Have you seen sure. plane? No, gosh, no. Oh, I've pretty much written off Gerard Butler. I mean, no, no. He has to have a massive student loan or something. That's why he makes all these terrible movies. They make a lot of money. Like yeah, Plane made a lot yes. of money. It actually did make a surprising amount. Of I haven't money. watched a Draw Butler film since Olympus has fallen. If it comes to, I might have seen London. If it, if it comes to like Amazon for free or or Netflix or something like that, we'll probably watch we'll it. Jump all over that. Well, no, because my wife loves those movies. Yeah, yeah. that's she the reason. Geo, well, she watched Geostorm. Like she liked. She it. hated that one. I think that's him too, isn't it? Yes, isn't he is. in that? Yeah. Geostorm. Pretty yeah. sure that's him. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, he just loves making bad movies. But man. she likes those type of movies, so we will probably watch it. I just uh, what about I'm, Moonfall? She like that one? I uh, know. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> I did not either. Was that yes. him? Yes. No. He's no, that's, no, that's, that's Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, am I? Am I but still, completely different people. But, yes. <laughs> but still, the movie was not good. I'm gonna stay on the same route, but not really. Um, I watched a horror comedy that I've never seen. Um, that I've is revered as great. I thought it looked stupid, but I wanted to watch anyways. Okay. Um, Tucker and great. Dale versus oh. Evil. So, oh, yeah. here's the thing. This. Here's the thing about this movie. It's actually pretty great. Um, I watched That's it. That's what I keep hearing. So it's now it's a it's a buck thirty, like just straight up mm-hmm. buck thirty. And it was like nine o'clock at nine nine thirty. I was like, I want to watch the movie, but I want to watch a three hour movie. But I want something I don't have to think about. So I was like, this is a perfect movie. I don't think I have to think about this movie. Exactly. And I will laugh almost the whole time. So the premise of this movie is there's just a bunch of stupid college kids that are going to go basically camping in the woods, like you know, usually. They just want to go have fun and party. You know, the normal tropes of a horror film. They forget their beer. Oh, no. I don't know how you forget beer. How do you forget? Especially them. going to a party. They look back in the back of the van. They have, like, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre van, you know. <laughs> so they look in the back of the van, and they're like, oh, we forgot the beer. And like, okay, we'll stop over here. These are also really bad actors. I don't know if they're going for bad acting if on purpose. Like trying to be intentional or, with it? Yes, I think they are because they're so bad. I think they are. I mean, the script is written horribly for them. Because the script for the other guys is pretty good. Yeah. So I think it is. And then they roll up on this, like, cabin in the woods, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre type of, of gas station with a creepy old dude in it. And our two main characters, Tucker and Dale, who are just hillbilly dudes, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, their whole point in this movie who, is who plays Tucker Dale? Is Alan Tudyk and yeah, uh, and it's um, Tyler Labine, Laban. I don't know how I say his name. I'm not sure who that is. Um, but is they're actually the, really good. Is in he it. A chubby guy. Yeah, he's a chubby guy. So, um, what they're doing is they finally may n- have enough money to have a vacation home in the woods. It's a cabin that needs um, fixing up. So they're going this weekend to fix up their cabin. Okay, that's all they're doing. Well, they end up meeting these people, and the um, Dale, who is the chubbier guy. Ends up liking one of the girls because she's pretty, and obviously 
They are rough people. Look, they're rough looking. It's, if you ever seen a horror movie, they'd be your they'd be your killers, um, hillbillies. Yeah. So he Alex Tudyk's like, just go be yourself. He, by the way, at this point, he's eating pickled eggs right from the jar. Um, <laughs> nice. I like pickled and, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he bought a huge thing. So he's like, go, go be yourself. <laughs> go be yourself and jar. talk to her, and she'll like you. And he, by the way, while he walks over, there, he has a scythe in hand. <laughs> and because you do. And he walks over there, and he just starts laughing and giggling and everything like that. So they all freak out, get in the van, take off. Yeah. Okay? Obviously. Obviously. Just because so, he's awkward around girls. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, because he it he, was. And he looks horrifying. He's probably. horrifying. They are gross. He'll be looking people like in any movie. Horror well, I mean, movie. the whole giggling thing is because he's awkward around women. Yeah, yeah. He can't talk to women. He doesn't think he's good enough. He's really. Yeah. He's, he's actually like Raj from the Big Bang Theory. He's actually extremely smart, but he can't. <laughs> talk very well like he talks but he can't talk to women he's actually really smart but he makes dumb decisions right. well throughout the film they all they're doing is doing this they're, they're going fishing at night and the main girl that he likes ends up falling off the bluff hitting her head and almost drowning so they save her well the other people that are they're skinny dipping whatever the other people think they have taken her and tried to kill her so the main douchey guy who is like in love with her he is over the top ridiculous the whole time. He's like, we can't go to the cops. We have to kill them ourselves. <laughs> exactly what he says. The, 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 of course he does. The, one of his friends, there's like five guys and two girls. So right. it's mostly guys in this. And he goes, let's go to the police. He goes, we can't do that. <laughs> Let me give you some lore real quick. This main character tells you a story of the Memorial Day Massacre, which in this universe is real. Right. Where about 20 years ago, a man uh, massacred a bunch of people about their age, on Memorial Day, and killed them all. Okay? So he thinks it's that person. Obviously. He thinks that that killer <laughs> is still around, and he has to stop him for once. Obviously. Yeah. There's a twist at the end, by the way, that actually comes into play with this story. I won't say it. It's kind of dumb, but it's whatever. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Throughout the film, these kids just start killing them on accident. <laughs> okay? So they all think that these guys are killing them. There's one point where um, Alex Tudyk, he's got a chainsaw. He's cutting open a log and he hits that hornet's nest so the hornet's nest comes up at him so he's he's running through the woods with hornets swinging a chainsaw <laughs> at it so this one kid is running beside him trying to get away from him he just spears himself on a tree <laughs> so that's what you get the whole movie is they act I gotta watch this that's yeah. awesome they, the one guy I won't tell you how y'all die one guy jumps at Alex Tudyk and he ducks and he ends up dying um, it's all like so in, they're all killing themselves. On, yeah, and yeah. they think that Alex Tudyk and them are doing. It. And in fact, the whole time, one of the sounds da- like the first half hour of the hunt. Or it kind of <laughs> has hunt like, but it came out quite quite before. Like twenty eleven or something. Yeah, like that? it came out in twenty ten. Um, around the time Cabin in the Woods. This is right on par, man. It's really good. It's funny throughout the whole thing. The whole time Dale was just like playing board games with this girl inside. Like they just like they're they're getting along and, <laughs> but they th- Alex Tudyk and his Tucker and Dale go. I know what's going on. These teenagers are committing mass suicide because <laughs> they don't see it. Like they, there's a cop that comes up and he's literally right. dragging half a body. And he goes, "It's not what it looks like, sir." I'm like, I'm gonna tell you what happened. You're not of gonna course. believe me. <laughs> and so you get all this stuff, and it ends up ending. It's pretty tropey on purpose. Yeah. So, but it's really good. I, I it's a huge recommend. It's on Prime Video. I was uh, gonna ask. Where it's you also on Prime Video for free. So Prime is the place to go for good movies right now. If you want horror comedy or air. Uh, <laughs> or <air. laughs> but it's not well acted except for Dale and Tucker on purpose, I believe. Yeah, because they're good actors. There's, a, there's some foreshadowing the the first part of the movie. Part of their house doesn't really work very well or their cabin, so you have an idea that might end up killing somebody. And like everyone just ends up killing themselves. Like it's not they never. There's a point where Tucker and Dale have to kind of start hurting them because they're coming after them right. because they think they're killers. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's really good. And the ending is kind of stupid, but it's on purpose. So. 
I would say horror comedy wise, you've got, I mean, obviously Shaun of the Dead, Cabin in the Woods. I put this right there. The Hunt's pretty good. I think this is better than The Hunt. Ready or Not's pretty good. I put it right there for horror comedy wise. So, I do love a good horror comedy. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna have to check it out. It's super good. Um, I don't know what I want to talk about next, real quick. I could talk about something I saw in theaters. I saw a bunch of I saw a bunch of pretty good movies in theaters, and then I saw a Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm gonna talk about an old movie though. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about on the same the same path as a horror comedy from 2010. I'm gonna talk about a murder mystery from 1945. There you go. <clears throat> so uh, my wife has been. My wife had a coworker who turned her on to Agatha Christie novels. Um, so, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, I mean, we're pretty in the now as far as pop culture and right. you know, things of like that. So, I mean, obviously, we know Agatha Christie is a pretty good writer. Yes. So, um, but my wife has started reading some of her novels, and um, uh, one that she read a couple of months ago was, and then there were none. Um, and it was originally called Ten Little Indians, you know, politically correct, and whatnot. <laughs> no, they they kind of they kind of changed that a little bit. That's a little too, a little too risque. Yeah. So they changed it, and then there were none. I kind of like that title better anyway. Um. So the original film adaptation for And Then There Were None came out in 1945. Um, anyway, my wife read the book, and then she's like, "Hey, let's watch a movie." I was like, "All right, sure." I'd seen it a few years ago, but um. Uh, yeah, so the film adaptation came out in 1945. There's been another film adaptation in the 70s. I didn't get very good reviews. And then there was a miniseries on BBC in like 2015. It has Charles Dance and a couple of other pretty pretty heavy-hitting actors in it. Um, never seen it. Not important. Anyway, the 1945 movie that I did see, um, it, it, is a, it doesn't hold up as well as I remembered it holding up because um, oh, my wife's calling me right now. Look at that. <laughs> She's not getting answered. Anyway, uh, it doesn't hold up as well as I remember it holding up, uh, but the story is still there. The story is still good. Agatha Christie obviously knows how to craft a good story, knows how to craft a good murder mystery. That's you know that's, w- that's what makes her one of the most prolific murder mystery novelists of all time. Um, so the story's good. Uh, basically, if you don't know, it's just 10 people all receive an anonymous invitation to show up to this island out in the middle of nowhere, basically. And then one by one, they start dying. So it's the menu. Basically. (laughs) It's the menu. Glass onion. (laughs) That's basically (laughs) it. One by one, they start dying. Uh, And there's a little poem that goes with it uh, that's in the book, and it's... um, you know, like ten little Indians, something something happened to one, and something happened to another, and it's like you know, monkeys up on the bed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Basically, yes. I think it's like something. I can't remember. One chopped himself in half, and then there were six. And one did something to something else, Bummer. and then there were five. One, nice. did, one burnt up in the sun, and then there were four. Something, you know, it just it does that basically until there until and then there were none. Um, <clears throat> So basically, I mean, overall, it's a deep, but I'm not going to talk about the movie much, but um, it, it is a good story at heart because, like I said, Agatha Christie can write a very good story. Um, the uh, script is okay. Um, the They tweak the ending of it from the book because the, <laughs> the ending of the book is pretty dang bleak, and they change it a little bit. Uh, they don't change the killer or anything, but they change the outcome a little bit for the film because, you know, 1940s Hollywood, they didn't want anything too too bleak or too depressing or you know, right in the middle of World War Two, they didn't want to they didn't want to put anything too uh, too depressing out there um, there's a co- you know and you get this with any with almost any movie you watch in the 40s or 50s 
Um, sometimes there's really good actors in it. There's a couple of really good actors in this, and then there's a couple of actors who are just so over the top. It just drives me yeah, up the wall. Yeah, you you get, know? you'll get that. I mean, and sometimes you get that. Yeah, you get these people who feel like they have to be the biggest thing on the screen, and they're just ah, it's just so much. I'm like, this guy's overacting is killing me. That's why Emma doesn't like some of the old movies overacting. And I, yeah, I, it just depends on the movie for me. Yeah, it does. You you'll get a movie where. Everybody like I don't know Twelve Angry Men. That's the first one that I think of that has a lot of that has a lot of main characters and every single one of them is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely love that movie. Um, but you know you do get some where sometimes people overact and this and that. This is one of those films. Uh, and I don't know it, it may not grab everybody's attention, but it was ju- it was a pretty okay murder mystery. So let's recaution it, I guess. <laughs> if you like murder mysteries, I think you'll enjoy it still. But um, it was made in the forties, so keep that in mind. Has a cool premise, but yeah, it is overacting can get annoying. I agree. And thankfully, it was just one guy. It was one guy who really drove me up a wall. There's a couple of people. One guy who really drove me up a wall, but I think he was like the third one to die, so it was fine. Who cares? <laughs> well, that's good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Death is good. Yes. Uh, so last night I was look, looking for something to watch. I was looking, but I wanted to find something that was a little shorter, maybe around ninety minute type thing. And uh, I was looking. I guess it was on Max. Uh, yeah, HBO Max. Uh, came across Japanese movie. <laughs> hey, I can't help it. I like Japanese movies. Um, this was from 1950. Okay, it's called Seven Samurai. Rashomon. Oh yeah, okay. This one revolves around. <clears throat> well, I thought the, I thought the, the the I thought it was interesting what what it's about the, and then you get into it. It's 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 actually pretty good. Um, it revolves around uh, a, a rape and a murder of of a samurai and his wife. Okay, and you get four different accounts of what happened. And really, what this movie's kind of exploring is is uh, man's human nature. Uh, you know how they deceive others, deceive themselves by lying, that type of thing. And you don't really know. The, the guess is, you know, whose account is true, that type of thing. Um, the, the first account kind of comes from this woodcutter who says he was going into the woods to find to, to cut up some wood, and he found a samurai's body. And so he goes, tells authorities, and so what you're getting is it's, it's a court case from medieval Japan. Nice. Uh, I love those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a Japanese court case, to be honest. At each one, well, you don't spend much time in the court, so probably it's, good. You're just you can't it's imagine. It's like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar, yeah. is what it right? Is. You're, yeah. you're in medieval <laughs> Japan. That's it. Yeah, but you're uh, you're you're getting these different accounts, right? So, uh, a guy comes in. That's what the that's what the woodcutter tells the court. Uh, a priest saw them on the on the road, passed them on the road, said they were fine when I saw them. Blah blah blah. And then this other guy comes in and he says, "I caught this bandit." He was riding the horse and had the the arrows and things from from the samurai, and so they let him talk the bandit, and he gives his account where yes he admits that he assaulted the woman, but he seduced her, so she was okay with that type of thing. Oh, ah, like one of those right? kind of things. And, that's in, that's and nice. all this is happening you know in front of the husband who he's tied up. Sounds like Adam Driver in the Last right. Duel. Exactly. Yeah. It exactly. kind of does. Yeah. It does exactly. And so uh, she was wanting it. Like, come on, now. <laughs> come on, now. come on. And so by the end, uh, his whole account is well. Now, you know he's she's ashamed, and so they decide he's, he decides. So she says, "Well, you've got to kill me or kill him because 
according to his account, you've got to kill him because if you kill him, I'll go with you. Okay. So he lets the samurai go and they fight and he ends up killing the samurai. And then she gets. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then she gets. She gets scared and runs off into the woods, and he can't find her. That was the well, bait. Well, maybe the last duel sounds a lot like Rashomon. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. What is the last duel on based on true events? So yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't know what the Japanese thing's about, but maybe it's based on true events too. Yeah. Um. So. So the woman she finds her way to the city, and they find her, and they bring her before the court, and she tells her story, which is yes, she was assaulted. Um. And then when it was done, because of the time period, um, the bandit ran off. She released her husband, but he looked at her like, this was all your fault. So I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And you're just staring at him, that type of thing. And so she has this dagger, and she's like, well, I just want to die. I just want to die. She's walking toward him, and she passes out. When she wakes up, the dagger's in his chest, and he's dead. That's her account. Okay. The third account is kind of interesting because they this bring... It's just like the last two. All okay, like different accounts. But there's four different accounts. So, so it's a three. Little, yeah. Wow. So the but third one... Let's see, the third one, though, is they bring in a medium so they can talk to the dead samurai. <laughs> Even oh better. Oh, my. Talk about credible. Okay. <laughs> I passed that. Well, here's the medium. So so you're thinking, okay, well, now we're going to get the truth because it happened to him, right? Sure. But you still, at by the end of it, you're just not sure because it is so conflicting. He says, yes, there was an assault. Uh, he was tied up during the whole thing. Um, by the end it was over, he does admit, I didn't want anything to do with her after that because now she's been with two men, so she is, you know, she's flawed, and I don't want anything to do with her. And uh, so he ends up fighting the the bandit, and he dies. But he, he says that he died with a dagger to his chest. Somebody pulled the dagger out. He doesn't know who. And that's pretty much how it ended, how that ended. Japanese doesn't have fingerprinting <laughs> at this point, huh? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in Rashomon area. Now, at the beginning of the story, it's two 14th guys. century Japan. <laughs> Dust him for fingerprints. Dust him. At the beginning of the story, it's the woodcutter and the priest that are just sitting there like they can't believe what happened. Uh, a third guy comes up. Uh, it's raining real bad. He's looking for shelter. Third guy comes up, and they're telling him this story. Is what's, what's going on. Because they can't believe what happened. So, at the end of each story, this, this third Characters like, well, you, know, you can't trust women because they cry all the time, just get what they want. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not Boy. kidding. This is this is really you can't trust yeah. women because they cry right? to get what they want. And then, wow. And he's like, you can't trust the bandit. You can't trust even the the samurai because you know everybody lies that type of thing. And then finally, the woodcutter comes forward and says, "Okay, he died by the sword." So the third guy's like, "You don't fool me. I know you saw the whole thing." He's like, "Yeah, but I didn't want to get involved." And so then you get to hear his full account. He died by the sword. Yes. I like that vague term. Like Pete <laughs> Davidson embodies bodies bodies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, died by the sword. So you get so you get his account, which you assume would be correct because he supposedly saw the whole thing. Of course. And the way he tells it is that when he came up on him, uh, the assault had already happened. Um, he's on the bandits on his knees asking forgiveness from from the woman. Uh, but he says, I'll, you know, but I'll marry you if you want to do. And the husband's like, I don't want anything to do with her. I'd rather have my horse than have her now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He calls her a few <laughs> choice names. <laughs> I'd rather have my horse. Right? And so she turns. Same, bro. <laughs> she turns on both of them and says, well, you're not really men. 
Mm. You know, you're not willing to fight for me. Actually, women. Right. You're not willing to fight for me. You're not really men, which causes them to fight. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Can't trust the bandit. <laughs> the bandit does end up, up winning. Like, So, the truth and the thing from all four accounts is, yes, the woman was assaulted. Yes, the samurai died. But you still don't know by the end who was telling the truth. Cool. See what I'm saying? And actually, it was a sure. it was a pretty good movie. How uh, do you spell Rashomon? R A S R A S H O M O N. Yeah, Rashomon. Rashomon. It's actually the name of it's actually the name of the place. Yeah, that this took place. Dang, this has like incredible reviews. I mean, I had heard of it. I heard it being a a very good film, but I haven't. I've never got around. It's actually pretty good. Kurosawa did it, I think. Kurosawa. Yeah. Akira Kurosawa, and I was really I. They left it open. It's your interpretation, basically, because who the heck is telling the truth? Um, the facts are that she was assaulted and somebody's dead. But who's who's who whose whose account was was truthful? Um, the woodcutter was actually lying because he stole the dagger because it was very expensive, and he's got six kids and wanted to feed him. Um, so it just kind of leaves you open in that way. Uh, you kind of doesn't really matter which one like i said it basically is just kind of saying you know this is human nature who's gonna lie you may at times you even lie to yourself you don't even know what the truth is and that's where it, where it leaves it i enjoyed it uh it's only I would rec- 28 minutes yeah so it it says, it's like like 90 minutes um i enjoyed it i would watch it again i would recommend it that sounds pretty good i was looking at the reviews here uh, seven out of ten critics on IMDb gave it a one hundred out of a hundred. So that's pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, that's interesting though, and I, you know, uh, that's that's probably one of the, um, I guess, glaring holes in my cinephile. You know, I, I haven't seen many Kurosawa films. I've seen Seven Samurai. I think that's it, and I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I just really like Kurosawa. I just, it seems like everything he touches is just it's really yeah, really yeah. good. I just really enjoy watching his film. Okay, so um, I recommended Ed Sheeran, Some of It All, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, and Air, which two of those are on Prime, and the other one is on Disney+. Plus. You did, I don't remember now, Rashomon, A, A for Brady. Which was a precaution, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, Airport, Airport 77. Airport 77, which I would precaution just because of the time. And you said Airport is on Netflix, A for movie. Brady is on Paramount+, Plus, Paramount Plus, and HBO Max. Um, and I already forgot what I talked about. <laughs> Oh, I recommend Gone, Gone Baby Gone. It's on HBO Max. I recommended Shattered Glass. It's on Tubi. And I kind of sort of recautioned, and then there were none, uh, Old Murder Mystery. It's on Tubi and Freebie and Plex and yeah. a few other places. And so that's where we're going to leave it at. Next week, we're going to be back with a movie review. That's the hope. You know, Fast X coming out, baby. So um, <laughs> It is coming out. We are watching it. So <laughs> It is a movie. Oh, boy. Early review said Jason Momoa steals a movie. I'm like... Sure. I can, I can see that, though. Just when watching the trailer. He's Vin Diesel's like extra yes. second, third cousin. I'm just mad. excited for him, to be the, for him to be the best friend slash brother in the next film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Brie Larson going to be there so probably too. Yes. Whatever. Anyways, that's next week. <laughs> well, that's exciting. I appreciate the listeners for sitting through this basic freaking episode we just had. This was a plain Jane episode, but you know what? Some of the best ones are. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Like somebody back I know you're expecting <laughs> can I get a second? Yeah. Some of the best episodes are. But, yeah, thank you for listening to this. Uh, this was fun just recommending some stuff that we've seen recently. Um, 
yeah for you the listener what did you think about this episode um you can reach out to us and let us know uh we are on facebook at movie matrix podcast or we are on twitter at movie matrix pod hit us up let us know what you guys thought about this episode or any of our episodes for that matter but until next time signing off for matt jordan and david we will see you guys then peace Oh, 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 oh,